0: Welcome to the Drive Deeper podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. So this morning, um, a verse in Jeremiah 8 really stuck out to me. Um, starting in verse four, the Lord says, You shall say to them, When men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. And so I think uh, what really... duck out to me is just thinking like man okay you get knocked down you're in a football game uh you know you're running back you're given the ball you try and crash through the line you get tackled you're down um who just stays on the ground the rest of the game and, and doesn't stand back up but this is how the lord describes the people of israel during this time he says they they've gotten knocked down Sin has taken over them. They've turned away from me, and they're not getting back up. They're not turning back. He says, why, why if somebody gets knocked down, they, they get back up? Why if somebody walks away, they, they eventually come back? Why has my people turned away? They're perpetually backsliding every moment of every day, falling further and further away, drifting away from me they're clinging on to what is not true and they refuse to return. They, they have no desire to return. And actually we see in the rest of the, in the rest of the chapter, they're confident where they are. It's not even like they're ashamed. Uh, they're, they're uncertain about where they're standing is. They're confident where they are. So in reading this chapter, um, I wanted to dig into what are some of the symptoms that create this or what are, what are some of the steps that create this refusal to return, this perpetual backsliding. And so uh, I think there, there seems to be a, a few things that cause this. The first thing is the rejection of the word of the Lord. Um, in verse 9, the Lord says they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? They, they've rejected the word. They've rejected its authority over their life. And so they're far away. They have no guidance. And, and yet they're confident that they actually know the word. They're, they're confident that they have wisdom. You know, in verse 7 and 8, it says this, He says, my people know not the rules of the Lord. How can you say we are wise? The the law of the Lord is with us. So these people don't know the word. They've actually rejected it, but they have false confidence because of their close association with the word well we're we're israelites we have the temple with us the temple of the lord the temple of the lord we we have the prophets with us and the priests who the lord has already said they don't even know him the people who handle the word of god the people that are leading them don't know him and in verse 11 he says the leaders have healed the wounds of the people superficially they're telling them there's peace there's no judgment coming everything is okay And so the people are in close proximity to the word, but have rejected it and don't know it at all. Yet, they still believe that they're wise. So the rejection of the word of the Lord is a crucial step that everyone who ends up in backsliding has to take. You go from a season of your life where the word of the Lord is something that is crucial to your being, is something you cling to, is something you look to for guidance. And then you decide, "Hmm, I think I'm okay where I'm at. I don't know if I need to listen to it. And as you walk away and you are further and further from the Lord, um. What if that confidence that you know the word is still there, even though you've rejected it because you claim yourself to be a Christian, right? Because you still go to church because you're a believer, but you no longer are sitting under the word, but yeah, I believe in the Bible. Um, but if you're not living under it, um, you've, you've essentially rejected it. And so that, that's one part of it. Um, The second part is that the Israelites seem to have um, no time of reflection over what they're doing. So um, in verse six, the Lord says, I have paid attention and listened but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his own course. So here the Lord says, you know, I've watched and I've tried to, to analyze my people to see what's going on. And he says, nobody turns back from their evil. My people do wickedness and they continue in it. And nobody is turning back, not only to me, but turning away from their, their wickedness. He says, why is this? And he says, nobody is reflecting on it. Nobody's actually analyzing their own personal life and saying, what have I done? Is this evil? Is this good? Am I okay where I'm at? Do I need to change? So there's no self-analyzing. There's no heart searching. And this comes because they're not analyzing the word of the Lord. When you're in the word, it's going to pierce your heart. And it's going to cause you to reflect upon the way that you're living. And if it's out of line with the word, if you're yourself under the authority of the word you're going to desire to turn away from what you've been doing but because the people have rejected the word of the lord they're not concerned to reflect on their own life and as the lord says the result of this is everyone turns to his own course when you're not guided by the word you're going to be guided by your own desires your own thoughts And Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful among all else. It's not a trustworthy compass. It's not a trustworthy guide for our our morality. So the first thing is a rejection of the word. The second thing is the rejection of reflecting on your life and how you're living. And the third thing is a, a hardened heart and a hardened conscience. So in verse 12, uh, the Lord asked this question. He says, were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. So they rejected the word. They don't analyze the way they're living. So they continue to live in this way day after day, hour after hour. And because of this, their conscience now becomes unburdened Unaffected by the evil that they're doing You know, I think back to times when I was younger uh, In school, you know, I remember getting like my first detention and how embarrassed I was to get caught doing something I knew what I was doing was wrong. I was seen by an authority figure and you know your your face just gets Beat red when you get caught, right? And so this should be the way that we live constantly. If we're under the word of God, we should be attempting to live our lives in light of it. And when we go off the path, if we're reflecting on the way that we're living and saying, What have I done? then when we realize we've sinned we should blush because the ultimate authority figure sees everything we do there's nothing hidden from him no thought no intention or desire no action no word and so we should be ashamed we should be Embarrassed blush when we turn against the Lord but if our Conscience is dulled and numbed because our heart is hardened by continuous sin We're not going to be ashamed at all because it's actually become normal It's become the pattern of life perpetual backsliding perpetual turning refusal to return So, I think this passage calls us to analyze where we're at. If we're in a season of backsliding, if we're in a season of wandering, and we want to turn back, the first place to start is to see where your relationship with the Word of God is. Am I reading it? Am I treating it as the Word of God and not just some book, not just a checklist that I need to... To accomplish? Am I desiring to know it so I can be wise? So I can know what God desires from me? And then, am I reflecting on my life? Am I taking the time to think, how did I live today? Did I live in accordance with what I read in the Word today? Did I live in accordance with what I know is in the Word? And... When we do fall short, are, are we ashamed? Because that shame, that guilt, is meant to bring us to repentance as we reflect and say, Man, I shouldn't have done that. I want to live differently. I want to live in accordance with the Word of God. And there should be a perpetual turning from sin. You know, Titus, Titus 2 says that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us that having denied ungodliness and worldly desires we're to live sensibly righteous and godly in this present age. So in this passage, Paul says, we made a decision when we believed in Christ to turn from ungodliness and worldly desires. We said, no. I'm going to deny those. I'm no longer going to live for them. But having denied them initially, we have now accepted a lifestyle of repentance, of turning from evil when it comes towards us and turning back to God when we've fallen short and fallen into it. But if we're not reading the word of god if we're not submitting ourselves to the authority of god if we're not reflecting on the way that we're living our conscience is going to be numb and we're not even going to realize what we're doing is wrong and as a result of this we'll end up in perpetual backsliding refusing to return back to the god that we initially turned to when we believed in christ